Welcome to the FitSets Podcast. I'm your host, Declan Murphy. And on today's show, we have Thomas Hume, founder of the FitSets Barbell Academy, also head coach at FitSets. He talks all things weightlifting. Uh, we also delve into our own training as Tom is the closest thing I have to a coach at the moment uh, and probably the most knowledgeable and passionate 19-year-old I know. So intelligent, very good with weightlifting, very good with strength training, and he talks all things training. Let's go. Welcome, guys. Today we have Thomas Hume on the uh, FitSess podcast, the founder of the Barbell Academy at FitSess and the most passionate guy about strength and lifting that I know. Uh, this guy will try anything. He'll perform any lift. He'll be researching all sorts and on a daily basis, including yesterday, find ways of killing me during training. So welcome, Tom. Good day. So that pretty much sums me up. So yeah, I'm the uh, head coach founder of the Barbell Academy, so uh, completely just weightlifting coaching, but on the side, something I'm developing very soon when COVID ends, looking at more strongman, especially old school strongman based training. I'm a lifter of heavy things and very little else. <laughs> yes, yeah, so yesterday, I'll, I'll go back to what I meant about Tom trying to kill us. Uh, yesterday, he just decided that we'd do some bent presses with some plates above our head and just trying to pl- press a plate. And he got up to like, what did you go up to? 25 key and I nearly yeah. saw him drop it on his head. So yeah, that was fun. That was after training. So, you know, we're, we're nice and fatigued, nice and tired. And then he thinks of these crazy things to do. Uh, what was what was last week's? Last week's was Steinborn squats. That was Zersch's, weren't it, from the floor? Oh, yeah, Zersch's from the floor. Yeah. The week before that was Steinborn's. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, he, think, he brings all these old school uh, lifts into the gym, and I think they're really good. It's really fun for us to try, especially for me. Uh, I enjoy them, and I see him practising them. Uh, I saw him practising with an axle doing a bent press. That was pretty cool. Yeah, they're good fun. <laughs> yeah, th- these are things that Tommy classes as fun. But uh, whenever it's not lifting anything heavy or anything strength-based, whether it be cardio or anything more than five reps, is a yeah, is a bit of a struggle for him. Blanket fact, it's not fun if it's not heavy. <laughs> right, so today we're going to talk about a lot of things. Uh, we haven't got a strict structure. We've got a vague little two-minute talk before this podcast. Uh, we're going to talk about mixing training, so the hybrids of training, how it's become very popular uh, in modern day society to train a little bit different and um, we're going to talk about the learning curve so uh, the example Tom gave me earlier was getting a power lifter to snatch isn't probably going to be worth it and it's definitely a, uh, it was a great conversation we had with Mo when we went down there mm-hmm. um, to train at his gym and um, overhead press and the variation how it can really really help a lot of power lifters develop their bench but I still think it's a massive it's massively neglected for a lot of power lifters uh, and then our personal training and how he's found the Barbell Academy and obviously how he's found specific clients and training the general pop because Tom is definitely not a general pop kind of guy. He uh, he comes from mainly coaching weightlifters who really want to weightlift, but he's developed his coaching quite a lot over the last year, year and a half. And now he is a very, very good general pop coach in terms of he can teach anyone who comes into the Barbell Academy, whether they've had no lifting experience or a little bit of lifting experience, and uh, help him perform the weightlift uh, the weightlifting lifts very, very well. Uh, so talk us a little bit about hybrid training and how you see it. So hybrid training effectively it's where you introduce a secondary discipline to thing you're training for. So 
the one that I'm seeing the most right now, just from the you know, the athletes, the um, strength communities I tend to watch most, is weightlifting and strongman coming together a lot, and it's really interesting. You see a lot of powerlifters who will you know, kind of play with strongman, like um, I think Luke Richardson. I might be wrong here, but I think one of the first things he tried from strongman was log. I think mm. the same as for Larry Wheels. And again, the two are very transferable, as are a lot of other sports, like calisthenics, gymnastics, um, tricking, so like Clarence Kennedy, Juju Mufu. They got very popular through social media for doing a lot of tricking, didn't 100%. they? 100%. You can see the transfer into their own training. Yeah, I know I know. from my point of view, I, I see a lot of YouTubers do a lot of power building, so a lot of my old powerlifting friends uh, and a lot of YouTubers that I used to watch who were powerlifters, they've kind of changed and gone over to bodybuilding a little bit. Uh, and I think it's good. I think it's um, amazing that we can open our mind and try different forms of um, training and different training methods, different styles. Me and Tom are basically doing something similar at the moment. I think CrossFit as well is like a lot of weightlifters went to CrossFit and then CrossFit has kind of brought in a lot of gymnastics. I think they've brought a lot of disciplines together, whether you agree with CrossFit or not. Um, I think it's, you know, it has brought a lot of people together with the weightlifting community, the gymnastics community, a little bit of conditioning. I know they have running coaches at some gyms. I think that's amazing. And I think they also, I've seen a couple of CrossFit gyms who will, um, run strongman events. I think that's amazing. But I, I've I've personally gotten to do a little bit of strongman when I was a powerlifter, uh, but not a lot of it. Um, it was kind of like tailored around our training. We'd do, a lot, we'd do a little bit in off season, but that was it. And we never did much weightlifting. Um, unless it was off season and we definitely didn't learn to the standard that Tom teaches so it's been great learning from Tom uh, as an ex-powerlifter I am kind of more of a weightlifter and just a lover of training in general so I've tried everything whether it be our yoking whether it be the log yeah we're really enjoying it Axel we kind of have what would you say our programme is at the moment it's a hybrid so between now, powerlifting and strength Strong I'd on. say it's mostly a static strength so yeah. um, on our you know, set training days we've got Squat, and again, we're all doing different variations. Next one, cambered. I'm going uh, pause high bar. We've got after that deadlift, and again, there's deadlifts a deadlift. Sumo doesn't count, so you know, there's, there's one option left. <laughs> there's always a debate there. We've got axle four to overhead, and again, as you know, with axle, we adapt it very differently, so we've all got a different way of cleaning. Yes. And went overhead. Then we've got yoke. There are four, aren't there? I can't four. Yeah, so Monday, usually, we do some sort of Ollie lifting variation because ultimately at the end of this training program we'll be going back to Ollie and this static work we want it to correlate very well with the Ollie stuff so we always do some sort of Ollie lifting just to keep us going and it's not programmed so it's very relaxed and casual so we can decide whether we do some cleans or whether we're doing some uh, split jerks or whether we do snatches Tuesday is always squat um, I'm going cambered uh, for my own reasons Tom will Tom's going high bar for his reasons, so we obviously we're like transferring and working on different things ourselves, but the point is there's a goal there and a reason why we're doing them. Wednesday's our off day. Uh, Thursday is deadlifts. Again, we're both uh, going conventional with deadlift. Uh, we're both using a deadlift bar as well, a standard uh, bendy boys, Tom calls it, but no, it's a proper deadlift bar. Um, Friday is Axel. Again, there's slight variations there. Tom's doing a continental clean. I'm doing a belt clean. That's mainly because I've only just learned how to belt clean and Tom's been doing it a lot longer and I've had a couple of serious back injuries, so belt clean seems to be a lot better. I'm absolutely loving them. One of my favourite days. Saturday is probably the best day on the programme. We get outside, we do some yoking, 
really loving it. I think we've, in one regard, it's helped our training that we're in COVID because I think we're staying very strict and we get a chance to go outside. Yeah. Um, and Saturday, Sunday, sorry, is usually we'll do a little bit of mobility. Every now and then we'll train. To be fair, yesterday we messed around with some bench, didn't we? A touch, yeah, nothing yeah, intense. Nothing intense on a Wednesday. The Wednesday before we did some split jerk techers. But on Wednesday, usually we have a rest day or we'll do some technique work. Uh, and I kind of, we both can do a little bit of mobility in between. So that's our training. And again, there's a goal at the end of it. We're using the 753 program that Ogus developed. Uh, we're doing three cycles of it. So that'll be 12 weeks, three weeks on percentages and one week deload. Uh, we're really loving it. It's really tough. Um, you know, it's really funny to see like, for instance, Tom's first three weeks of squats, he found really easy. Did his deload week, came back first week of squats on cycle two was quite easy. I say easy relatively, and then yesterday. Yeah, squats. so yesterday oh, I just squats. hit a brick wall. <laughs> I feel I feel like I didn't prepare well for the session, and yeah. the same load. I think two weeks before wasn't so bad. Again, you get those sessions, but back to hybrid training. So in our own context, so the variations that I've chose. So the whole uh, the pause squat and jerking the axle and so on. The whole idea there is still power output for weightlifting. Hence, while I still include again, so be light clean light snatch work on a monday again adding the pause in it makes it harder so i've gone off my max pause squats my percentages are a good chunk lower but it's keeping it relevant whereas again let's take for a strongman you could easily you know include that whole rate of force reduction aspect but make it relevant so you could go for axle squats with the big wheels and the boxes so it's dead stop again that drive back up that tension Again, deadlift, you could change something more demanding. Let's say um, deficit deadlift for one. Banded deadlift. Banded deadlift, anything. Pause deadlift. These things are very transferable. And weightlifting, I feel it fits in well for powerlifting and for strongman. Because at the end of the day, it's an explosive triple extension. Let's take a look at the lockout in, let's say, really wide stance sumo. Let's take, um, if you're trying to beat your time on the Arbless Stones, any kind of Atlas Stone one. That triple extension is vital. If you look at Rob Kearney, one of the best log lifters, not one of the biggest guys out there. Again, he's got a quality extension and that movement under, something you've seen a lot more common. I think the other thing as well is like triple extension has become much, much bigger in the world of other sports as well. So I think like a lot of sprinters are learning about triple extension. I know a lot of people who do things like box jumps or any sort of plyometric jump. Um, they're kind of learning triple extension now as well which is great I know you put a massive emphasis on it and it's one of the first things you teach as a fundamental of Barbell Academy um, and I think it does transfer really well into lots of other sports um, whether that be like I said the box jumps so you know crossfitters do a lot of box jumps uh, they could incorporate it there whether it be their weightlifting you know I just think it's a really really good transferable skill well really any power events so um, boxing I know bo- I don't, yeah. I've seen boxers use it I've taken my brother actually took him through it just to, honestly it's a bit of an experiment worked incredibly well again and that power transfer from one side of the hip straight to the arm again it's not particularly demanding work it's just a step back it's technical I mean at the end of the day you'll see it so Let's say um, load on the log, let's go, what, 50 years ago. Most of the athletes there weren't necessarily extending accurately, so a lot of different movements. Really strong guys, don't get me wrong. You see today, like, um, the Saltmans, their push-pressing is exceptional, technically. Adding the, add the strength and being Scottish Highland Giants, that's when you're really going to see groundbreaking weights being lifted. I think, also, we've, we've seen it in the gym quite a lot, where we've, we've taught, like, Martin, who is... Strictly a strength athlete doesn't do the Olympic weightlifts. 
Um, we've kind of taught him how to triple extend mainly for his overhead press um, and things like that. And like he has developed it quite well. And his box jumps is amazing as well. Mm-hmm. So he's developed it. Other athletes that you can think of, LJ is a massive one, mm-hmm. um, where she is mainly a power lifter again. But she did Tom's Barbell Academy and she did really, really well and really enjoys learning some new techniques. And the reason why she did the Barbell Academy is one, she had the time and it was a, like an off season. So she'd just come out of a competition in December. So we, we, she spent three months basically learning how to ollie lift a little bit better. Uh, but it also developed a squat in many areas. It gave her a lot more uh, transferable skills and it kept her focus. And I think it was really, really good for her. Again, triple extension was something massive, but she learned a lot of other skills as well, especially overhead. So moving on from that, we're about to call a learning curve, but using LJ is a really good example. So coaching her for a few months in weightlifting, again, she's a powerlifter through and through. It didn't make sense for me to teach her how to, let's say, do a socks press or these weird variations of snatches and cleans. Mm. Like for a weightlifter, so um, Steph right now, I've taught him a tall snatch, he's really using it. It's not worth the time for LJ, and really what we're trying to get out of it is that agility, that stretch reflex in certain places, and vertical power output. So you focus on power snatch, power clean, well, power jerks. Again, the naming is just coincidental. <laughs> at, the end, at the end of the day, you know, let's say in a low bar squat, she doesn't need to have a solid upright position in an overhead squat after glass. It wouldn't transfer, yeah. and it'd be a waste of her time and mine in the longer game. And yeah. it's easy to get bogged down and okay, you want a weightlift, right? I want you to look like a weightlifter. You've got to see even CrossFitters. I mean, I see some honestly foul fucking weightlifting from them, but they'd lift differently for purpose. They're talking about reps in a time. So, you know, it might not be the prettiest lift, but if it meets their own rules, I mean, you can't yeah. really call them out and on it too efficiency as well. I think that, that ties in well with hybrid training and the learning curve. I think there's a, a lot to go through there. Um, and obviously we could talk literally just on the learning curve of the Barbell Academy. But I think one of the key aspects to just bring up is Tom is so specific on certain details. And I think this is what makes him a great coach at the moment is because a lot of coaches would be able to teach you the barbell movements from weightlifting, but not a lot of them can teach you the detail and the difference. And uh, I, I definitely see that's the difference with Tom. He literally looks at every little detail and he's always videoing, he's always slow-moing. He, you know, he's trying to change things up. And also he does a lot of experimenting, like he said, with his own training, but also with his athletes. You know, sometimes he's not afraid to go, right, let's try this for a four to eight weeks. Oh, it hasn't worked, no worries, let's go back to this. And I think it's really good. And also it, it's progression. Some of them he's not progressed onto certain things because you know they're either not ready or they don't need to learn that yet. And I think some coaches can over elaborate things or overdo things and you know the learning curve can be so steep that it actually puts an athlete off. So that's the first point to make about learning curve. It's when to bring it in for the athlete, when's appropriate, when they are ready for it. Because some people aren't ready for it, some are. And uh, Tom can talk a little bit more about the learning curve. So on that basis, again, it's, it's a very subjective thing. So someone like, Okay, I'm gonna use Steph as a good example because mm-hmm. he's basically he's just taking weightlifting seriously as of late. You know, he's committing to it, he's training it. I threw him in the deep end because again, this is a guy who's got a very good level of strength, stability, control from calisthenics. He used to squat, funnily enough. I've seen videos <laughs> the, in, in the archive, but again, he's confident in how he can move safely. He knows what a squat feels like. He knows what an overhead feels like. So for him, you know, put together snatch overhead bottom position straight into a snatch sort of thing. Of course, when you're taking new athletes who come from, let's say, just a general fitness background or none at all, 
Again, you've got to identify their needs. Generally, I just use a squat as an assessment. If they can't perform a good high bar squat, then there's no way they're going to get underneath into a quality front squat with overhead. It's, it comes down to breaking it down. Your goal might be weightlifting, but if you haven't got the preliminary requirements to weightlift, then again, if you've put them under a snatch, they might just get it up, but that's when you're going to build bad habits, a lack of understanding. And on understanding, it's a bit of a funny one. I see a lot of different takes on it. Like for professional athlete understanding, like the Chinese weightlifters, I'm sure they're right guys, but I doubt they need to understand the if and why of their training. Whereas when it comes to the general populace coming to enjoy the sport, generally educating them on what they can understand. So, you know, what you're doing and why it's happening, i.e. speed under the bar drills, if anything, it brings more of the sport. It becomes more of a form of exercise or something they're pursuing, something we want to be good at, like a, almost like a study. So Tom, if someone wanted to learn weightlifting and they're going into the gym on their own, they, they maybe can't get to your amazing classes, they can't access a weightlifting coach near them. If they were just going into the gym tomorrow, what would you say, how would you say they start? What would you say they do, you know, first four weeks? What would you say, like a good training programme? So I'd say a good be? training programme would be to bring your iPad or phone into the gym and book a Zoom call with me. But aside from <laughs> that, again, squats your bread and butter weightlifting. If you can't squat, you're gonna have a really bad time trying to get any weight over your head. Secondly to that, I mean, I'll look into triple extension. It's not mega complicated, but again, once you understand what's going on, you know, it produces a vertical force because you're putting force down. You know, it's Newton's, one of his laws, equal opposite forces, reactions, whatever. There's a really good drill from Michaela Breeze on just building triple extension. I really enjoyed it, even as quite an experienced weightlifter. Uh, after listening to this, just get in touch with the gym with me. I'll send you the link, it's really good. I'd recommend anything overhead. So again, let's say um, you're doing lunges, overhead lunges, wide grip. Nail the basics and the rest of it isn't too bad. If you can extend, drop and squat. Yeah, I would say if you are going to go into weightlifting though, make sure it was your sole goal, especially if you're a newbie or a beginner and you do want to perform the snatch and the clean and jerk, I'd say make it your main aim. So for instance, going back to our training program, our accessories at the moment are related around our weightlifting. So whether that be a clean grip pull-up whether be that be some high poles, you know, they are specific to what we want to do to weightlifting. And I, I don't think you can learn the lifts if you're trying to do, say, you're trying to run a one one mile really quick and you're running three or four times a week. You're also trying to learn how to deadlift really, really well three or four times a week. And you also want to learn the weightlifting movements. I think you've got to understand what where you need to go. Start very basic start with a squat like Tom said, you know, even a bodyweight squat it's great to start with. I'd say, you know, keep developing that. Um, set yourself a little plan, so say in four weeks, you know, I want to perform X and lift, you know, whether that be a split jerk, a snatch, or a, a squat clean. Start really basic, okay? Start with learning how to squat, make sure we can get full range of motion without any discomfort. Maybe, you know, Monday can be squat day. Wednesday, we could have a, a push day, you know, and Friday we can look at like either a full lift or a partial lift, whether that be like a hand clean or a hang snatch. You know, just starting to get used to getting under the bar as well would be really important. Um, anything else you'd like to add to that, Tom? How would you start someone? So on that note, I do completely agree. If you want to weight lift, weightlifting has to be the thing you do. So back to CrossFit, I do I do like and respect a lot of CrossFitters. Don't get me wrong, there's some great CrossFit gyms that I've been to, but. 
you can't be a jack of all trades. Again, if you're if you're running a mile, then trying to learn to snatch, things are going to go wrong, or it's just not going to go the way you want it to. On another note, so a lot of powerlifters play with weightlifting. It's great too, but if you're bench pressing heavy, it's one of your priorities. Do not expect to get into a nice snatch receive position because again, at the end of the day. A big strong chest and a very little kind of loose shoulder girdle, the two are very hard to find. Yeah, so what Tom means by that, like just touching on it a little bit, is I have stopped benching completely. Obviously we benched yesterday for the first time in like three or four months, but we, we focused it again on weightlifting by going, you know, narrow grip. We also added bands or the cambered bar to kind of get, create that instability. So we wanted the shoulder stability element from it. So I think, yeah, again, we're relating it back to weightlifting. The, the point we want you to say from it is if you're weightlifting, what you are doing, everything you are doing, you know, relate it back to your weightlifting. When you're at home, a great tip I was always taught is to try and use the broomstick or get yourself a PVC pipe and start to develop you know those movements at home whether that just be overhead squatting with a broom is a really good one whether that be you know just holding the snatch grip you know just different things you know learning how to hook grip properly you know learn the basics spend that time be patient something that i, I um listened to in a podcast the other day um from joe delaney was you can't put training on fast forward you have to spend that time being patient and it's to me that resonated massively because i am someone who is impatient and hence why I have so many injuries. Now I'm taking that time, I'm being patient. I really wanna get back to snatching fully and snatching and clean and jerk. I'd love to be doing it you know, every day, but I'm taking that time to develop my strength in certain positions. So after this 12 week block, we can go back to uh, ollie lifting and be, you know, hopefully hit some PCs and be a little bit stronger and more proficient in the lifts. So learning curve is massive. Be patient with it guys. Um, if you need any help, me and Tom are here. Um, you, you know, Tom is very generous with his time in terms of he will send you lots of links to learn from. He'll, you know, he's got a program at the moment which is very cheap, um, where he does like he'll teach through mobility for it, conditioning for it, some home stuff that you can do. It's really, really good. Hit us up if you want a free week of that. Um, we're going to go on to overhead press and how different variations can help different sports, how they can help powerlifters, and obviously how they can help weightlifters. Just start us with that, Tito. So, straight away for me, going to be a bit unusual from what you expect, I'd imagine, especially if you're a little gym bro, but I think the most valuable aspect of any kind of overhead press, so I'm going to, I'm going to go straight press as an example, I think it'll fit best, is just bracing your back fully. Hmm. So generally, I find with a lot of powerlifters benching, again, you know, you're talking like wide, I hate range of motion, grip or close grip <laughs> or anything in between. You might see a lot of, you know, engagement in kind of the upper back, you know, the, all the traps, you know, the core, often the glutes, if they kind of got that experience to them, but the lats, a lot of people can't embrace the lats. Deadlift, even then, you know, you might see the whole turning the elbows in, but if you want a big strict press, you will need to learn how to brace your back very well. There are different methods of doing this, but it really builds that relationship with the back. I don't think a lot of other exercises can, you know, off the ball. I think that's a really good point, and some things, that I've tried to develop a little bit more is with my overhead, uh, I want it to be stable. So I want to be comfortable in that position. So whether that be doing, you know, some pressing from the receive position, so pressing from the strip, uh, from the split jerk, that's a little bit more advanced. But if you wanted to start really basic, an inverted kettlebell carry or a uh, single arm kettlebell uh, press, or, uh, you know, things like that are going to really, really help you. Uh, even if you just had a dumbbell and you just want to press it above head and walk with it, 
that's really, really going to help you set your shoulders back and down. Again, the most common coaching tip, set them shoulder blades back and down. Imagine putting them in your back pocket. I think it was Joe DeFranco who said that. Um, and it's a really important coaching cue uh, and it helps you with that shoulder stability. It helps you with keeping stable, making sure that lift is safe. So that's a really good place to start with your overhead pressing. Um, and then some other variations that Tom's kind of really big on, I think, is he adds instability. Um, I know as a warm-up drill, he likes to add the bands um, and just make sure everyone's stable above head before they go above head in the session. So for instance, if they've got a heavy push press um, or if they've got a heavy split jerk, you know, he wants to make sure everything is working correctly and they're stable and they can use the upper back and the shoulder stability correctly. So on that note, if you're going to go for unstable loading, please don't try and jerk it unless you've got an incredibly good jerk. Bad things can happen, but... So again, one of my favourite drills that I've been doing, I'd say, what, for two years now, is strict press with unstable load. So this can range from almost all of your load being, again, get some bands, either, you know, link some uh, kettlebells, some plates, just so it wobbles like fuck. I mean, it's not necessarily a difficult drill. If you can strict press and you've got a good bar path, it'll work. But any deviation from that vertical bar path, again, you'll feel it. I mean, if I take half of my max and have a really dodgy rep, it'll feel challenging. So the benefit there is, again, first of all, to open up that quality bar path, you need to be in a quality position. And to maintain it, you need to create a lot of tension. So even without a lot of load, again, inverted kettlebell fest effectively does the same thing unilaterally, you know, without the, you know, the kind of crossing stability of a barbell. But again, building that stability, that control, and that tension, that's your main takeaway from the overhead press. Because at the end of the day, big strong shoulders won't benefit you if your sport doesn't involve some kind of overhead. Even for a weightlifter, again, my arms keep shrinking because arms aren't important for weightlifting. Shoulders, honestly, I think they're massively overrated in some approaches to weightlifting. You need to get under that bar, not push it up. So again, it's more important that you have a stable back, stable shoulders, even your pet mine or work a little. As opposed to building that kind of concentric motion, you want to be in a quality position. Again, any kind of press, so um, strict press, push press, behind the neck presses, jerks, add a pause in the dip when they start position. These are your key positions to get that bar from the A to the B. The majority of overhead lifts you see failed aren't due to some lack of strength somewhere. It's because that bar path is not vertical, even amongst the best lifters. That deviation is gone. Yeah, I think there's something really important takeaways from that. Um, and obviously, just going back to starting as a beginner of a weight, a beginner weightlifter or someone who's starting training or wants to, maybe have trained for a long time but wants to d develop the weightlifting. Um, one other aspect that Tom is really big on and I've developed massively over the last two years is mobility. I think, you know, making sure you can get into those full range of motions, but not just about getting into the full range of motion, make sure you're stable and safe there. That's the best place to start, guys, and you can continually develop that. So I would say, like, we start to become really good and proficient in the lifts. Uh, me, Steph, um, I've obviously come under Tom, and he's taught us really well, but even now we're still trying to develop that mobility, you know, whether that be with, you know, duck walks where we add a load above head, whether that be, you know, one thing Tom got me to do was an overhead squat with an unstable load, so we added some bands to a barbell. If you're new to the sport, don't do that. <laughs> Please, like, actually ask me if you should do it first. Yeah, definitely a more advanced movement, but we were doing the lifts proficiently and we wanted to develop a specific aspect, so I needed to stay upright in my snatch a little bit more. Um, so we do some tall snatch, and uh, we do some drop snatch, and we also added an unstable load. So, you know, 
there's different areas that you can improve but again start with those basics start with that mobility and develop it um, but yeah there's, there's lots and lots of drills once you start to get into it that can be really interesting and if you ever need to develop so you might be an intermediate athlete if you need to develop and you, you know you're not you're not sure on what drills to use again message us message Tom Tom where can they find you at on Instagram Instagram at T Hume H-U-L-M-E if nobody can spell it at T Hume underscore strong or just message the at Fitzess gym page you can get to me on either again I'm happy to help as long as it's actually based on you know some kind of training anything other than training i don't actually care about if you know me well but back to mobility so Jack mentioned patience earlier especially if you're not active and you want to get into a sport like weightlifting where mobility is one of the key factors you've got to be patient simply put if you cannot get into a quality front squat position if you can't get yourself into a nice line lockout the sport won't happen that's why I take a lot of my new athletes through, you know, things like the squat. Because again, you've got your whole stretching, your mobility drills, your activation and so on, but spending time in a position gets you good in it. So, something interesting, again, back to Steph, he's my little guinea pig. So he's developed his mobility massively over the last few months, but hasn't weight trained much until recently. So his squat depth, I'd say, is probably double if we were to measure it. Yeah. But he's got no strength, no stability and no control in that position. I mean, you know, he might, start, he might land on his knees in a front squat somehow and kind of lunge it back up. Mm. Again, there's more to mobility than how far you can move. It's the quality, the safety, the stability and the control. Because if you can get into the bottom of a front squat and it folds you in half and one of your knees caves in, it's no point being that flexible if you cannot use it. It's like if you had a... Um, if your flexibility is like a Lamborghini, bit of a weird example, and you don't know where the clutch is, what's the point? Yeah, and I mean, just to kind of try and make that a little bit simpler, a lot of female clients we get have a greater range of motion than the males, um, but the males have traditionally more strength. So it's it's really funny because sometimes the girls might be able to overhead squat where the men can't, and they'll end up overhead squatting more than them because they've got that range of motion. But then as soon as the male develops that range of motion, they've got the strength usually, so they'll overtake them. So again, you ha- you kind of have to find, going back to hybrid training, you have to find that hybrid, mo- that hybrid point where you, you've got a good range of motion, but you're strong in that range of motion as well. So again, I... I keep coming back to it. Unstable load has been something massive for us, but also just pause, tempo. um, They're great ways of developing that. And, you know, I don't mean like a two or three second tempo. I mean like a really slow overhead squat is something that Tom's got us to do. Again, more advanced technique. Um, Overhead duck walks or just duck walks in general, great way to warm up. Um, And, you know, I think you can really, really develop into a really good weightlifter if you are patient and spend the time on the detail. They were the two biggest points I would say to any person looking to weightlift. Take your time, stop one RM in every single session and, you know, be patient. And the biggest tip I can give you is get a quality coach. That is the most important thing. I don't video myself. I don't need to. I've got Tom. I'll just go, Tom, what is this? What about this? What does this look like? Tom, this is how it feels. And he'll go, Jack, you need to do this, try this. Sometimes it works, most of the time it doesn't. But you know, we're developing every single day. We're, we're guinea pigs, we're trying new things. Tom, what is the harshest lesson you've ever learned from weightlifting? Oh, that's a hard one. Oh, harshest lesson. My personal is I can't bench and then expect to snatch. I tried doing that, it did not work. I was always catching it in the forward receive position um, and it was doing my head in. I had to just give up benching, otherwise I was going to lose a shoulder. 
So I think my heart has actually got a bit of a story for this one. It's that more isn't always better. So <laughs> years ago, I'd be like 16 or something, kind of getting into the hang of weightlifting. I remember snatching it to all fitness, right? And I was having an absolute ball over time, you know, pre-workout, uh, monsters, everything. Snatches, I mean, they were, they were fuck ugly snatches, but to me, they, were, they, were, they felt good at the time. There was a good chunk of weight on them. And I was hitting rep after rep, you know, really enjoying it, getting pretty tired, I was moving it up. I was dripping in sweat. Anyway, and it gets to the point where I go for a rep and my, I just don't lock out. I think due to fatigue. And I wake up on the floor, I must have winded myself, felt like auto shaves, pain. Again, lesson to learn is when it comes to weightlifting, fatigue is a massive factor. You won't get a sprinter to run 100 metres their fastest more than a few times. Likewise, you wouldn't go through the biggest range of motion possible in such a short space of time with max speed with any kind of load. Get the quality in and then stop. Once the quality's gone, do some grunt work, do some squats, some pulls, some pull-ups, build a bit of strength, bit of muscle, stretch. At the end of the day, any snatch, clean, it's kind of your creme de la creme. It's like the little cherry on your Bakewell tart. It needs to be concise and to your best. If on a day, honestly, if you don't feel like you're wide awake enough, don't snatch, do some grunt work. Save it for another day. And obviously, I didn't say at the start of the show, Tom is 19, and I still think he needs to develop a lot of these skills. I am always telling him, Tom, no more than three failed lifts, all the time. Like This is why we are on a program now, because before that, Tom was kind of like, we were doing it as we feel on the day, as two experienced coaches. We were like, how do we feel today? What do we want to get out of the session? We were doing it, but it got to a point where I was like, Tom needs to be on a program, otherwise he's going to kill himself, because he would, like, he would gladly spend two hours cleaning, and he'd be dead by the end of the session. Like... It's so funny, but I always have to tell him to stop. Even now, he still has those bouts of craziness where he, he overdoes it. But that's just a plain love and passion for the sport where he just loves doing it and he loves performing the list. But sometimes, just drop the weight down, go through some techers, you know, accept that with, with the sport of weightlifting, something might not be moving right that day. It's really frustrating. Like, Tom will tell you I've had a few paddies about it. I think we all have. We all go through paddies, you know, whether it usually means me kicking lots of stuff, it usually means Tom stamping up upstairs, the weightlifting shoes come off, <laughs> and then he's back in 20 minutes. <laughs> so yeah, enjoy the ups, enjoy the downs, guys. Weightlifting is fun. What are the three biggest tips you can give someone on a weightlifting tip? Weightlifting, so number one is go light. So any technical correction you need, I mean, don't go heavy. If you need to get closer bar path, go mega light, empty bar, tall snatches. Going light is the best thing you can do. If you can move a light bar well, move the heavy bar the same. You know, I feel like I've said that one wrong, but you get what I mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. I, what he's trying to say is get your ego, throw it in the bin. I am the best. I would say I'm really good at this. I These guys will be lifting heavier than me, and I'll be like, no, that's not what I want to get out of today's session. I want to get my own thing out of the session. Me and Tom have discussed it the day before or that morning, and I know I need to. For instance, it might be the other day we were doing power cleans. I wanted to make sure that I was receiving it in a really tall position, but also really sturdy. I didn't go, I did max out, but before that, I made sure I went through my technical um, lifts. I made sure I went through my sets and reps as I wanted to. I made sure the quality was there, and that's the most important thing with weightlifting for me. Quality is yeah. the quality is in each session. As soon as that quality uh, decreases or you're not moving as proficiently, you know you're either going to get an injury or you're just going to be teaching bad techers, guys. Mm -hmm. Again, if you need any help. We are so, so available to help, guys. We really, really want to help everyone or as many people as we can. We'd love to see you 
snatching, cleaning, send us your videos. We don't mind watching them. Tom's a badger. He's always watching videos. He will help you. He'll send you some links. We'll give you a free week. And just a shameless plug, on Sundays at 11 a.m. during COVID, we will be doing a mobility class. So if you need some extra mobs, come on there. Even if you just drop us a comment, hey guys, how do I get more mobile? We will help you in any way we can, guys. T, anything else you'd like to say? Well, back to tip two. Yeah, go on, sorry. Tip two is, honestly, just get into weightlifting. If yeah. you, you know, you sh if you're not enjoying it, you're probably in the wrong sport. It'll just, it'll just piss you off every session if you do not want to be there. I'll, I'll probably walk home every session. <laughs> but again, get into it. You know, find weightlifters you like to watch. I mean, top of my head, Clarence Kennedy is my favourite weightlifter to watch on YouTube. Oh, Clarence. Oh, Clarence. Oh. <laughs> uh, really Clarence. entertaining, incredible lifter. I mean, Paige's Instagram, so Hot Grip, um, ATG. Just watch the lifts, get into it. You know, see what the best do. Don't copy them. You cannot snatch like Clockov. Clockov can, we can't. <laughs> just, just a little point there. But enjoy the sport, you know. Read into the history of it. It's pretty cool, actually. And um, anyway, tip three is gonna be, I'm gonna say eat like a weightlifter. So if your goal's weight loss, like, oh yeah, no carbs, oh, no carbs, I'm going to do keto and eat salads. Again, you've got to prioritize your protein and well, all that stuff, I'm not going with the nutrition now, but again, learn how to build and maintain muscle. But with your carbs, have some fun with them. So I find the best thing I would do, especially if I've been like, you know, at college, work, you know, if I'm tired, if for whatever reason I'm not in my prime to go for that session, treat your mentos before your sesh, read into glycemic index, how you can use that to your advantage, you know, the speed at which sugar becomes energy you can use effectively. Nutrition for weightlifting is very different to nutrition for bodybuilding or I'd say any other sport. So I don't neglect it. Completely agree. I'd say the way I'm looking at my nutrition is like I, I definitely put a few keys of body fat on. I come from trying to stick in a weight class for powerlifting, which I am currently, I am actually 20 kilos heavier than my weight class originally. Mind you, I haven't competed for like five, six years, seven years. Um, so yeah, I'm 20 key heavier, but that's just eating for performance. I enjoy my weightlifting, it's the highlight of my day. I'm going to eat for that, you know, and I enjoy eating. So it kind of ties in well, but I'm also very conscious about it in terms of I save my carbs for that for that session. So for instance, a day, a day in the life of me would look like get up early, try and get two meals in before I train because that is the highlight of my day. It's something that's really important to me. I even try and save my coffee for just before training or I might just save my second coffee because I'm a coffee addict before training and then I won't have any coffee after training. And in terms of the three aspects that Tom's talked about, if you have any questions about them, again, hit us up. We're more than happy to help everyone. If you want to come and down and try the Barbell Academy when we reopen, you get a free week. Come and try Tom's coaching. I cannot recommend it highly enough. Um, he's been amazing. Uh, I've seen the kid develop a lot over the last year and he'll keep developing. Um, yeah, and we'll let you know how our training goes. If you want some funny videos as well, head over to our Facebook page at Fitzess Gym. Uh, we try and put a little bit of funny content on there as well, guys, just to keep everyone's mood up. Tom, last word? Last word, uh, glutes. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today, T-Dog, and join us on the next one. Thanks, guys.